Good morning, Hill City Church. Why don't you stand with us today as we worship? Sins of the world, His blood. 
together this morning. Hallelujah! Woo! Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Um, just this morning, I want to welcome you to Hill City. And then at the same time, I know we don't always do this, but I just think it's a moment where, can you grab the hand of the person next to you? And can you just, can we just say a prayer? Because um, I know we have precious people in this room that we love, that um, their, their parents are, I mean, their parents are fighting for their life right now. Um, I know there's people that are struggling with sickness. I just, I mean, the list can go on, but you know what your thing is. You might not know what the thing is with the person next to you, but um, we're family here. So let's just take this moment and let's lift each other up. And we don't have to know what it is, um, but we can always take it to God, especially when we don't know how, how to handle it. And so, God, we just thank you right now that you're with us, God that you love us, God, that you are real, God, that when we don't know what to pray, God, that when we don't know the words to say, God, that when doctors don't know answers, God, that you are still there and you are so real and you are so present, God. All we need to do is call on you. So right now I pray for every single precious person in this room no matter if it was just a crazy week, if they have family members that are fighting for their lives, if they're just struggling in their mind, God, that we remember that you are surrounding us, that we are not alone. So we thank you. We thank you for your presence and we invite you in today. We invite you into those situations. We invite you into this cafeteria as we are gonna worship you, God. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my. 
wasn't sure if I should share this this morning. But it's so pressing on my heart. I just can't let it go. Um, last night, I had a dream that I was in a room full of people and there was an accuser and he was trying to point out all the terrible things I had done in my life and show it to everybody on a screen. And the thought came into my mind, I'm not scared that all my stuff is about to be shown. I'm scared that this is going to separate me a block in my relationship with God. And so I threw my hands up and I started singing, how great is our God? And he started laughing at me and he said, you think that's going to be enough? <laughs> you think that's going to stop me? And so I opened my eyes and I looked around the room just like this and I said, I need everybody here to sing with me. And so we started singing at the top of our lungs. We sang the song, Great Are You, Lord. And by the time we were done with that song, we opened our eyes. There was nothing in that room but us. And in that moment, God spoke to me. I heard the audible voice of God. And he said, I wanted you to see that the anointing breaks the yoke and I know that is for somebody here today the presence of God the anointing that comes when we come together like this and you come and lay it all out and we fill this room with praise and with worship unto our God the Bible says that the presence of God fills the praises of his people. So when we praise and we worship, he comes. And when he comes, his anointing comes. And when his anointing comes, it breaks the yoke of whatever is holding your life back, whatever is holding you in bondage, whatever you can't get free from in your heart, in your mind, it doesn't matter what it is. The anointing of God can break the yoke for anything. So this morning, I just want you to keep that in mind when we worship. I want you to give it all you got. Remember that the anointing of God, when you fill this place with his praise, his, his presence inhabits that praise and his anointing comes with that. And it, it can do things that we can't do, we can't fix with what we can say or what we can do, but in a moment, he can change the rest of your life. He can change your heart. He can heal that thing. He can take away that tumor in an instant when that anointing comes. Let's worship him this morning, amen. Fill this place, Lord God, with your presence as we come to you today.
inhabit this place, God, as we sing your praises, as we worship you, Lord. Fill this place. Let heaven come down in this room right now. God, let the anointing of your presence break any yoke that might be holding anybody back in this room, God, from knowing you more, God, from any depression, any sickness, any disease. Let it fall off in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of the Lord, our God, most high.
church, can we worship? Pushing a little deeper, sing it out, sing. Sing, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Holy are you, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Holy and all the angels cry out, holy is the Lord God, all the earth replies, holy are you, and all the angels cry, holy is the Lord God, all the earth replies, holy and all the angels cry, holy is the Lord God, all the earth replies, holy are you, all the angels cry, holy is the Lord God, all the earth replies, holy are you, all the angels cry, holy is the Lord God, all the earth replies, holy, now fill this place with praise. loud as you can. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
hands. God, we worship you this morning. God, with our voices, with our instruments, God, with our heart, our soul, God. Lord, may you be lifted today, and we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Greet the person next to you real quick as you are seated. Tell them hi if you haven't already. Amen. Amen. For these of you online, greet the person next to you. Good morning. Way too much orange and blue blue in here. This is this is like the Bronco crowd over here. And T and Tino. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, man, good morning. How's everyone doing? It's hard, it's hard to transition from that, right? I know. Jen's like, come on, Paul, don't transition so fast. But uh, sometimes it's okay. Just put a bow on it and move forward, amen? Because we believe in preaching the word. Um, I don't have a lot of announcements today. Is there anything I should talk about, John? No? Groups? Okay. Um, I wanted to acknowledge Julie. Thank you so much, Julie, for um, stand up. No, you don't have to. That's a good grimace, though. Uh, we, we've, uh, if, if it hasn't been communicated, we've taken a little bit of shift of our groups, and we really focused on, um, on, on not, we've been a bit more open-ended in sort of men's groups, women's groups, uh, couples groups. We're being, we wanted to get really focused and say, let's get our groups and let's discuss questions from the sermon and really, uh, really grow as a team and really be, uh, I would say, um, be more directly tied to uh, the biblical basis of a small group which is to love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, read the word, worship together. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, so uh, there's there, the groups, are, the curriculum's out there, and uh, we're, I know we're starting our group tonight, so if you're interested, it's at my house at 5 o'clock. Um, and I think, I think is there another Sunday night group? Sorry, maybe not. Uh, you guys too? Thank you. Um, I don't know what time in your house or anything, but anyway, it's out there. Um, go, next week, sorry. See, that's what happens when I just try to go on it, so... Um, yeah, so thank you, Julie, and uh, for, for the team for putting together all the curriculum. And uh, I'm going to keep moving so we can give John, uh, give him the floor. But I, I want to, uh, my thought for this morning is three words, Christ is enough. And, and Jim, that's what I'm talking about, man. When I, when I, I was, re- I've been really reading through Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians. And if you guys don't know what those, those are new, those are Bibles, uh, books in the Bible in the New Testament. And really they're, they're all based on uh, churches in different cities. And, and Paul was writing letters to these, to these churches from prison, mind you. And he was, he was saying these words of encouragement and, and you got to put it in perspective real quick. Paul it, it was kind of the pioneer of the, of the first local church. And you know what he didn't have, John? He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have a roadmap. He didn't have a plan. He didn't have all these all these directions uh, about how to actually do church and all these things. And we're going through a little bit of this as an organization right now, right? We're going through some changes. We're going through some prescriptions. We're going through some movements. And it's hard. We don't have all the answers. We don't, right? We don't have this perfectly laid out plan that says, here's the, here's the path to success. So I ask you guys, bear with us. Have patience. Stick with us. Amen? You guys with us? Amen. But I want to just, at the end of the day, when we go through this, and when you talk about Paul in the early church, he's, he's encouraging and imploring, imploring these people who are brand new to the faith, who have all this Jewish background, and they're trying to add laws and rules and processes to these things, and he's saying, no, you guys, stop. 
Christ is enough. Christ is enough. As we go through this, he didn't know, he didn't have his own. He's probably like telling you, Phil, like, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I know I'm from prison. I know you guys are struggling, but I'm telling you, the cross is enough. What Jesus demonstrated is enough. His, his, his life, his teachings, and ultimately his resurrection is what the early church pinned their hopes and dreams and aspirations on. And you know what? 2,000 years later, we're in the same boat. My life, my family, the struggles, everything that we do as an organization, I hinge on this promise that Christ is enough. And if we lose that and as leaders and we go through a church, everyone listen to me. Just focus in for a second. If we've missed that, we're giving you a warped view of Christianity. If we think it's about systems and processes and giving you the best experience and everything, then we're doing, we're doing a bad thing. Okay, so our, our hope and what we want to do is Christ is enough. Amen, Alan? Amen, Franco? John? These are the elders. <laughs> they all shook yes, so that's a good thing. But if we don't stop at the top, if we don't start at the top and say Christ is enough, and you go throughout your life and your kids and everything we do, and we've, if we miss the fact that Christ is enough, then we've missed it. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm not being too hard. This is the Bible. And I've just been meditating on that and really just, just this is what Paul has with the early church had. As we go through this, man, if, if we go through all these things and we miss the beautiful, redemptive, flourishing part of our Christianity, which is Christ is enough that we've missed it. Amen? Amen? All right. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give it to John. And we're going to keep moving forward. God, you are enough. I feel like singing right now and worshiping, but we're not going to do that. But God, as we go through this, you demonstrated 2,000 years ago in a crazy event in history that blew up the world. And we still follow that yet today. And God, we don't do this thing on a Sunday morning and the people that are tuning in online to, to listen to a cool guy with a microphone and a great worship team. God, we tune in. God, we, we, we pursue this thing, God, because we know that Christ is enough. And we believe in the Holy Spirit that is still with us today that helps us, God, that guides us, that is our paraclete, our helper. And God, we, we rest on that. We push, we pull on to you, God. We don't, we don't look to John and Candace. We don't look to Paul or any of the leadership team to provide this thing. Yes, we are a family. Yes, we are these things. But at the end of the day, God, you are enough, God. You are enough to, to be with us for now and into eternity. So God, we look to you this morning. We prepare our hearts, our soul, our mind, everything in us right now, God, with the context that Christ is enough. We love you. I pray for Pastor John as he speaks today, God, that we'd be open, that he would speak fluently, God, that he would speak um, clearly, God, to understand a small little part of the gospel this morning. We love you, and everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you for your giving. You guys can pass that out. Just so glad that you guys are here. If this is your first time, my name is John. Thank you for being here in our simple church setup. We believe we, I, I think that God loves it when you guys sing loudly. Out of the abundance of your joy, of your heart, I think it's a good time. And I want you guys to just, who cares who's next to you, man? When you're singing, sing unto the Lord and sing sing boldly. But I uh, just want to say good morning. Thank you for being here. I hope you guys had an amazing week. Uh, some of you guys, yes. Some of you guys, no. My week was pretty rough this week. And I know some of you guys had a rough week. But I had a rough, like, physical week. I had a... Uh, I had uh, I, I have some beautiful pictures that I'm going to put up. Don't get sick of these, but uh, I had a rash this week. I, I came back from California, and I got this rash. Show the next one. I think this one's the funny one. 
Look at that hand. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what is that? Yeah, that's right. So I'm recovering from this horrible week, and it, it happened. It was all week, man. And then I went to the doctor. They're like, you don't look good. <laughs> you know when the doctor said you don't look good? Yeah, that's what I felt like right there. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? My eyes started to swell, and my nose. It was awful. It was awful. I didn't want to be out in public. I wore a hoodie all week, and I was like, ugh. I was like, Lord, help me. But I had, I had one of those weeks, man. One of those weeks where it was, I was like, Christ, just help me. Just help me. But it's funny because during times of like physical trials, this was some of the most, uh, it was the most um, fulfilling like times of prayer and spending time with God. And it was just really fulfilling in that part. So it's like, I, I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I'll look like Hitch. If, uh, if I can just keep on seeking you, if I can find you, if I can know you. And so I feel more alive this week than ever before, but I felt miserable. That's where I was at. But we are on part four of the sermon series, Basic. Say basic. Basic is building a firm foundation. And Jesus said to us that everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain comes, the streams rise, the wind blows, yet the house will not fall because its foundation is on the rock. So last week we talked about big tables and big tables is simple. It's just taking literally the command when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And you ask yourself, myself, how do you want to be loved? How do you want to be treated? How do you want to be uh, uh, led? How do you want to be managed if you're a boss of somebody? How do you want them? How do you want to be managed? How do you want to be thought of? And then do that. And, and that's how you love your neighbor. You say, you put yourself in their place, and Jesus says, take this literally. It's the greatest command I can give you. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So sometimes you got to ask yourself, myself, John, Jen, how do you want to be loved? How do you want to be treated? And, and that's what I want you to do throughout your week. When someone gives you a bad, like, man, just or is, like, rough to you, instead of returning that, you ask yourself, how do I want to be loved in this situation when I'm having a bad day? When, when you don't know their story, right? Sometimes if we knew someone else's story, we would we'd calm ourselves down, and we would say, oh, they're human, just like me, right? And they're going through stuff just like me. And I, I want us to flip that because I believe the problem we face in loving your neighbor as yourself, it's not one of understanding. You get it. You understand love your neighbor as yourself, right? You get that. But it's not one of understanding. We even agree with it. We really believe that if we would love our neighbors as ourselves, our neighborhood would be awesome right? People would be less isolated, that there would be more joy. The bar of joy in your life and in your neighbor's life and your friend's life would go up and, and people would be cared for. But, but the problem lies in the gap, right? The gap between what I believe and what I live. Like Jesus was saying, building your house on the rock, right? If you do these things, we know it, right? See, I know how to get a six pack. I don't have a six pack. Some of you guys do, right? I, I know how to get a six-pack, but I also like spicy Cheetos, right? And I like Taco Tuesdays. And guess what? Thursday starts with a T. I like Taco Thursdays. 
And if you like Taco Tuesdays and Taco Thursdays and Korean Wednesdays, there's no, you know, K, and you like hot and spicy Cheetos, guess what? You're not having a six-pack. That's just how it is, right? You can know something and not experience something. You can know the depth of God. You can know the depth of love. You can know and understand what God desires of your life and never experience it. Because unless you put it into practice, it's like building a house on a rock. The wind will come against you. The storms will rise. The streams will rise. But you will not fall. I don't want you to just know about Jesus. I want you to experience the fullness of what God has for you. But at some point, we have to take a step and say, I believe you more than I feel it. I'm going to do more than I feel, right? And there's a Jewish proverb that says, to know and not do is not to know at all. To know and not do is not to know at all. And sometimes I think I believe in Jesus. I believe you can, but I believe, God, that you can move through someone else, right? You're like, I believe, God, I pray for them. How, how, many, how many of them's you prayed for, right? I want to pray for them. I'll pray for John Tina, right? I want to pray for Gio. I want to pray for them when God is telling us loud and clear that we are the move of God. Listen, and this is strong. Faith begins when our excuses end. Faith really begins when you have no more excuses to make and you say, all right, I'm up, I'm up, it's my turn, right? Instead of, if you want to see the move of God, and I really believe you can see the move of God. I really, really believe. We've seen the move of God even this year of, of little Brooklyn's tumor being canceled and disappearing. We've seen the move of God in marriages. We've seen the move of God in our own joy, in moments where God just comes through. But faith begins when our excuses end and we say, it's my turn, God. It's my turn. God, I move and I choose to be the move of God for someone's life. Some of you guys in this room are the move of God in your family. You're waiting for God to do something in them, but God is like, I want to do something in you. Some, some, some of you young people, you are the move of God in your school. You are the move of God in your workplace. Faith begins when our excuses end. Faith begins when our excuses end. Now, we've been on this time of prayer and fasting from August 1st to the 21st. If you have forgotten, please join me. I ask you, man, October, October, my bad. October, see, I'm going backwards. Thank you, Paul. But October 1st to the 21st, we, we, we do prayer and fasting. It's been seven days in, but I want you to get in on it. Get in on it. What if this is the moment that would dictate the rest of your year or two years, three years, where God would begin to move through you, that you would root down some deep stuff that God wanted to build in you? And I've been challenging people around my life. Don't miss this moment and make an excuse for it. When God has something grand in you just because it's hard. Do say no to food or Facebook or whatever. Say no to things in your life so you can say yes to God. And sometimes when we say no to things in our life, we can say no to other things, right? And so I'm saying during this time, prayer and fasting, I believe God wants to speak to us. And I even gave, uh, I have even schedules of things we're going to be reading together at the same time. And so get in on that. Get in on that. So we're going to move forward. But if you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Peter 1.15. All right. 
We love the word of God. It reveals Jesus and Jesus changes lives. Before we get it, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to pray for you guys that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Heavenly Father, I pray for the word of God today. I pray that it comes out clear, bold, and life-changing. I believe the Spirit wants to speak to our spirit, Lord God, because there is something in us us, Lord God, that needs to move, and we're not okay with just okay, Lord God. We want to know a move of God in our lives. We're not okay to do it somewhere else and in someone else, Lord God. I believe it's for Hill City Church today, Lord God, that we are the move of God in our homes, in our workplaces, for people who are far from you. We are the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that we shall not be ashamed of it. I pray, speak boldly today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said... Amen. I'm going to read right now. 1 Peter 1.15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. 16. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, the word holy is interesting. It's a weird word in our culture. I was listening to a, a song called Holy by Florida Georgia Line, right? And it's called uh, Holy. And what does holy mean by a Florida Georgia line, if you know, no, no one? High on loving you, right? It's about, it's like, oh man, that girl is holy because the way she touches me, the way she makes me feel, it's like worship. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, yuck. Yeah, that's right, Sienna, it's yuck, right? Like, holy? Some person is holy because they make you feel good? I'm like, oh, that's crazy, right? There's weird descriptions of holy that we use, right? People have different def uh, definitions of holy. Some of you guys, you grew up in the church, and this is what they said. You could either be happy or you could be holy, right? I grew up in the church like that. If it, it, They would say, if they sang, if you're happy and you know it, you would repent at my church, right? You, you wouldn't clap your hands. There's no one clapping hands. It's like, if you're happy and, you know, repent and go to church and do God stuff and be sad, right? Some of us, we grew up in churches like that, and we thought that holiness and happiness were on opposite teams. Instead, that Jesus says to us in Matthew that I know what makes you holy. I, and, and some of you, if you grew up in a church like that, maybe that kept you away from God. That made you feel sad, like, I don't want that. I don't want that for me. But I believe that's the opposite of what God wants to do. And it's the opposite of what holiness really is. Listen, listen, I'm not saying it's all, all about our feelings and God is just like, oh, poor baby. No, it's not about that. It's not about our feelings either. But what I'm saying is happy are the holy. That's our message today. Happy of the holy and those who are willing to trust God then live it out obey him even when it gets hard even when you don't feel it and God will bless you and bless through you more than just temporal happiness but lasting joy lasting joy now Jesus on his sermon on the mount on Matthew 5 and 6 he says he tells us a list of ways that he believes happiness happens in our lives and this is what he says and I'm going to read it and I'm going to expand from there Matthew 5 6 to 8 it says blessed or the Greek word it's the word makarios or truly happy or lasting joy blessed or happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled verse 7 blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy verse 8 this is my verse blessed or happy are the pure in heart, for they shall 
see God. I don't know about you, but I want to be happy. And I trust God for my happiness. Anyone with me? Anyone want to be happy? Anyone just want to just be depressed, right? No, 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 no one in here? Like, hey, I want to be depressed, man. If, if you're already depressed, you're like right here, right? Because you don't care. There's no emotion in that. But I'm just saying, no one's like, oh, me, pick me for depression, right? I want to be full. I want to be happy. I want to live life to the fullest. I want to live life till the wheels fall off and experience the deep things of God that he has for us. I want to see everything that God has prepared for me. That's why I love to travel. I love to see things. I love to experience things because I believe all this is a gift of God, that life is a gift of God. So how did Jesus tell us to get hold of this happiness? He says, happy are the pure in heart. And that word pure is, is, is the word, same word they use when you're purifying gold. It's the word pure when, they're, when you're cutting and pruning a plant. It's, you think pure in heart is like, oh, just really good person. No. It, when God is doing work, man, and burning up things in you that needs to be taken out and pruning things out of your life so that you can grow and bear fruit, happy are you because you will see God. Happy are the pure in heart. See, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he also wrote it this way in 2 Peter 1, 3-5. He says this, his divine power, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly, happy life through our knowledge of him, which is the gospel, who has called us by his own glory and goodness. See, God has called you not for your good and glory, but for his good and his glory. You, he, man, he knows in you there's good and glory for him. And he looks at your life and he's like, man, there's so much good in you. You can't even see it right now. So he calls you for his own good and gl goodness, glory and goodness. Verse 4, through these he has given us the very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate. Say participate. Oh, man, that's weak. Participate. Say participate. Like you're at a Broncos game. Participate. All right, participate in the divine nature in what God is doing. You get to participate in what God is doing. I know, you're like, what does that even mean? I'm going to tell you. Just imagine you and I. We know who we are, man. We're sinful. We're crazy. But we get to participate in what God is doing. You might think, you and I might think our life doesn't make, is, is not that grand, that we don't get to do anything awesome or epic. But I'm telling you, if you trust God, you will participate in what God is doing. His divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Listen, I want to see God, man. I'm not good with just doing church as normal. Like Paul was saying this morning, I'm not good with just like doing this Sunday and Sunday comes and we do some Jesus stuff. Man, I want to participate in God's divine nature. I want to participate in what God is doing in this world, in, 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 in the lives of people. I believe God is doing mighty things. But for God to move through me and through you, which leads to fullness of happiness, you've got to be holy. You've got to be holy, pure, escaping the corruption of the world. See, the first call of Christians is holiness. And holiness, I'll, I'll give you a definition, it means to be set apart. It needs to be dedicated to God, consecrated, or belonging to God only. 
Hebrews 8 and Leviticus 26 says, I will be your God and you will be my people. God says, you are mine. You are mine. Biblical holiness is an exclusive relationship that God desires with you. Before we're ever called to be good, you were called to be his. Before you're ever called to do good things, you're called to God. You're called to be set apart, to belong to him, to be holy. This is the priority of your relationship with God. Your priority is not like, oh, I need to do more devotion so God will like me. No, God already loves you, man. God loves you. He wants to be with you. He he wants your heart to desire him right back. God wants to be with you. But the trap we fall into is just like I said, we turn holiness into morality. I need to be a good person. I need to do more good things. I need to be good people, be more religious, go to church. I would say those are good things, but do you, does those things sound like participation in God's divine nature, that we're doing God-moving things? I want to participate where God is talking to you and you're in leading you and pruning you and heaven is moving in and out of you where people can see your love and God's love and mercy and glory in us. This is what I believe the normal Christian life is. Man, maybe I'm just setting up the soil right now and you're like, what are you talking about? I believe the normal Christian life is when God is moving in and out of you and heaven is being touched through your life. I call it the Stargate. Anyone who like sci-fi, right? I'm like, I love sci-fi. But Stargate, and, and Candace doesn't like sci-fi. There's some Trekkies in here, right? Star Wars fans, anyone? Yeah, it's like, there's like three of us. They're like, right? But I love the Stargate. Like, I didn't like the shows, but I like the movie, right? But it was a portal into another dimension, and I'm not going to go into this. I'll go into this another moment. This is my crazy mind, right? But I believe that God wants to move in and out of our life, that people would experience heaven through you, that that's what it means to participate in the divine nature of God. But that's the normal Christian life. Just take a moment. Just ask yourself, if you believe in God, this can't be it. Right? Don't you just long for God to move in your, in your own life where the Spirit of God is so alive and you could hear the voice of God in your heart and the things of God start to break your heart and tears come, but they're tears of joy? Don't you long to hear whispers of love when you see, I was watching Gabe hold the baby in back, and, 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 and God was saying, that's how I hold you sometimes, John. And God starts to speak to me through pictures like Gio was saying this morning. If you missed prayer time, there's moments like in dreams God is speaking to you. When's the last time God has spoken to you so intimately that your heart, whoo, began to feel love? When you put your hand on Ashley's shoulder when she's going through a hard time and you could feel the grace of God, the love of God for you, Ashley. I want us to participate in that divine nature where it's so full of love and so full of life that our life is, we're not robots, guys. We're not just living through life like robots, like we're binary code, right? 
We are actually living beings and we're physically and we're emotionally going through things. I don't want your robotic relationship with God. That's worthless. I want you to experience and participate in the depth and the goodness of God. And as I'm going through this fast, I'm saying I'm willing to lay down whatever I need to lay down so I can know you, God. Know you like I know my wife, like I know my children. I see them, I touch them, I hug them, I speak to them. I want you to speak to me like that. I'm not good with good. I want a divine move in my life and in your life and in Hill City. But what is that going to require of us? I believe, number one, holiness requires obsession. That's right. That's right. You don't people... Obsession. I, I, I could have put passion, but just like, I'm all in. I know it sounds like so much. Like, that's too much, John. But some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you guys are into CrossFit. And the first rule of CrossFit is talk more about CrossFit. Always talk about CrossFit. If you've ever been around anyone, I used to be really into CrossFit. If you've been around anyone who's done any CrossFit, all they talk about is CrossFit. Do you know what the second rule of CrossFit is? It's the first rule of CrossFit, right? They talk more about CrossFit. Yeah, it's the same thing about whatever you're into, but it, it is an obsession in them, right? CrossFit people wear CrossFit shirts and CrossFit shoes and CrossFit pants. Do you know that? It's really weird, but that's what they do, right? They're really into it. And holiness in that way requires obsession, Jesus becomes first to everything else. He is our treasure. The Bible says he is the pearl of great price that you're willing to pay whatever it takes to get a hold of. To be a Christian means more than merely believing God. It's not a system of just beliefs. It means rather I'm unified with Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. How intense is that verse? I am crucified with Christ. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. We participate in the life of God. God's holiness is my holiness. Number two, holiness requires purity. Purity. I, I talked to Mike. He owns a jewelry store, Mike Bielman, right? Jewel Fire Diamonds. And, and, and the diamond world, purity matters big time. The value is determined by how pure the diamond is, right? The way and we're purified with God is this. God cuts things out of our life. He's like, I love you so much. I'm going to cut this area of your life. You're like, but I really like that area. It's like, because he's, he's preparing to bear fruit. And if you don't like what God's doing in your life, man, it's, it's because he wants you to feel it. Because there's things that he needs to tear out of your life and my life and out of our attitudes and our thoughts. Even this, uh, this week, I was like, I, last week I got to go to this pastor's like prayer retreat thing. And all we did was pray for three days. I was like, I prayed more then than this whole year. I felt like all we did was pray. But God started to speak. His voice became louder. I was like, all right, if this is what it takes. And then God started to speak things in my life. He was like, I don't want you doing that. 
There was shows I was watching on, on my Netflix. He was like, don't watch those because you know what they do? They, they push me away from you. They darken your soul, right? I'm not saying that's for everyone, but that was for me. That's how he spoke to me. So I just erased them all. I said, I would rather have you than have these comforts, God. I would rather have you. I'd rather purify myself so I'm willing to bear fruit so that, uh, so that you can move, God. I'd rather have you. That's what it means to be purified. God cuts things from your life. And I want to ask you, what does God need to cut from your life? So, not so that he can take away from you, so that you could bear fruit. That's the word, what purity means. That's when it means pure in heart. So take this time of fasting seriously. If you don't want to, if you don't want to live, if you don't want to live like everyone else, you got to do what no one else is doing. Holiness we need holiness to be our new normal. I mean, when was the last time you, you really just studied holiness and set apartness? But how many times all over the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. I am a holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. His, the whole earth is filled with his glory right? Holiness has to be our new normal because I want the Lord's voice to be my new normal. I want God moments to be our new normal. And for that to happen requires holiness and purity. And lastly, number three, holiness requires the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the seal of God in Ephesians, it says, that it shows other people that God is on our life. I know, I know. You're like, what do you mean? I thought my Christian shirt shows other people that God is on my life. No, it says in the New Testament that the seal of God, the seal of God is the Holy Spirit. That people understand that you and I are Christians because they see God moving in our lives. You know why the early church changed everything? That these, these, these like fishermen, these simpletons, like changed the world? Because there was a seal of the Holy Spirit. When people saw them, they're like, you are complete. There's something happening in you where God is moving in and out of you. And they changed their world. The Holy Spirit moving in simple people changed the history of the world. And for, for, to, for us to be on, with the Holy Spirit, we have to be on the same wave, wavelength. means like, you remember old school radios, Right? And you remember, you remember, did you, anyone have like a black and white TV where you had to tune it? It wasn't a clicky. It was like you had to tune it, right? We used to have this, you're like, you are old, John. You are so old. We had this black and white TV that we had to turn the knob just right because it didn't have the clickers, right? It had, it, it was a tuning station. I know, Bree, this is crazy, right? You're like, anyone uh, below the age of 25 is like, I don't even understand what you're talking about right now. But we would tune it just right. And if you got the signal and you had your hand raised a certain way, right, and you had the extension cord and, and the, uh, the tin foil and, and, and you had that all down perfectly, then you would be tuned in and you could watch MTV. No, I don't know what you watched, <laughs> but I would watch whatever, right? Whatever was on. We didn't have cable. We were poor, right? But you had to be right there right there tuned in and in the same way there's things in our life man you need to tune in just a little bit maybe you need to tune in your prayer life because you know your prayer life is lame man if you would be honest would you say my prayer life sucks 
right? Would you say that's, that is your station to God. And you're like, God, teach me something through these books. And God's like, I want to teach you by talking to you. You're like, teach me through these devotions. You know, teach me through something else. What do you mean? You want, to, you want me to just spend time with you? Yeah, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do with you is I'm not going to teach you through books. I want you to talk to me. I want you to just stop and spend 30 minutes with me. Just talk to me. And you will see, maybe not in day one, man, maybe not even day seven, maybe not even day 14, but in 21 days, my voice will be so loud to you if you would just, man, just tune in because I want to talk to you. If God is our Father in heaven, guess what? He wants to talk to us. Mo, he wants to talk to you loud. I want to hear the voice of God loud, and I hope you do too. I hope you do too. The power of the Holy Spirit is the divine ability and the authority released to his people. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Man, I want to see those things. I love that verse. Man, God has prepared some crazy dope stuff for you, right? But he wants someone to seek after him like never before. And if you're not willing to do it, you will not see it. I want you to see it. I want you to go way past me to see the things of God. I I got to talk to an African missionary, and I talked a little bit, and he's going to come on the 11th of next month. And he's like, dude, I've seen dead people raised from the dead. I've seen miracles after miracles. He's a missionary in Ethiopia, in Uganda, in Rwanda, and he wants to plant over 100 churches in Sudan this next year. And he said, I've seen God do crazy things, but I, want, I believe that God wants to do God moments right here. He has done some, but I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move in and out of us and that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those. I want to see what God has prepared for us. But we got to be holy and seek him. I don't want us to miss what God has prepared for you. I don't want to miss the moments where people far from God would experience God's love through you. I don't want to miss the joys and the happiness that God has for us. The holy life seems radical until you begin to live it. The holy life seems radical until you begin to live it and God begins to speak to you. What would you trade for the voice of God to be so alive in your life? What would you trade for your son or daughter to know Christ and salvation to come to their life and their friends and your neighbors? What could you trade for that? What could you trade for God moment where God does a miracle in little Brooklyn or in someone else's life or removes a tumor? What could we trade for a God moment? I believe holiness is not too much to trade for these God moments in the move of the church. Because he says, I want to do them. Judy, I want to do them in your life. I want you to speak and, and have the authority that when you speak, that you would see God move. I want you to long for that because I want to do it. 
I believe that's in us, Phil, that when you disciple these young men and women, that they become world changers. And you said, I used to be their junior high pastor. <laughs> yeah, I know them. And they're like, you don't know them. You're like, no, I know them. I swear, no, you don't know them. No, I taught them in Thornton. Those kind of moments God wants to do in us. I want to say I knew, I knew Alan before he was Alan that you guys knew, right? I, I believe that's in us. I knew Jen before she wrote all those songs that God gave her. And, and, it, and it did its thing and it ministered to hundreds of thousands, to millions of people. I knew her because we allowed God to do God moments because we believed holiness matters to God because happy are the holy because we're walking in step with God and the voice of God is alive. The move of God is alive. The Holy Spirit is speaking. People are being moved and the authority of God is being moved in our lives. Happy are the holy Happy are the holy. And if that is our desire, let's bow our heads for a moment. Are we willing to walk holy, set apart, consecrated, belonging to God so you and I, our world, our neighbors can experience the love and glory of God so that healings can come in this place, that depression would leave, that joy would be coming back, God, that people would have access to God. Happy Oh, the holy. Just take a moment, even before the music starts or whatever. We don't need any of that. If you need to get things right with God, you need to cleanse your mind. You need to cleanse your heart. There's things that God has told you to do, but you have not worked on. There's areas of your life that's in darkness that you need to confess. If there's things in your marriage that needs to be fixed and you need to fix them and your pride has kept you back, but now you need to deal with them, deal with it. Deal with it. If there's areas of your life that you gave up and you said, forget it, God, I can't do it anymore. And God's like, bring that back. Bring that back. Put it back at my altar. Trust me with it. I know it's hard. I know it's heartache, but trust me with them. Trust me with your children. Trust me when I say, talk to them. Trust me when you hear my voice. When a dream has been given up and you had this dream and you said that dream is no longer available to me and God's like, that dream is totally available to you. Happy are the holy. You gotta start. You gotta purify. You gotta confess. You gotta be obsessed. Pray with me right now. You take time and pray. Take time and pray. Heavenly Father, be in this room, Lord God. Jesus, speak to us, Lord God. I don't want them to emotionally feel it. I want them to know your spirit, God. Just ask. Even say out loud, Holy Spirit, speak to me right now. As the guys pass out communion right now, I want, I want you guys to each take this cup and bread in your hands. Communion always represents a relationship with God. <laughs> and in a relationship with God, He's the one who brings the bread and He's the one who brings His life. It was all done on His side. And as you get this in your hand, I just want you to pray. 
It says in the word of God that do not take communion lightly because it is, it is representative of his blood and body that was spilled for us. moment as you receive the bread and, and the juice just take a moment to pray if there's anything in your life that would block you from God that you need to confess just confess it he's the great high priest he loves you he wants to hear from you the night that Jesus was betrayed he took bread and he broke it and he broke it and every time I break bread with you guys like in these moments it reminds me that man that he sacrificed his life so that I can have mine that's what that means to me. And I always break it in my hand. Just know that I, I'm the one who did it. Everyone get their sacraments? Everyone good? Everyone good? If you guys break your bread in your hand, just think about it. And he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Every time you guys are together, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. that night he took the cup he said this is my blood that was spilled out for you for the new covenant for the covering of your sins every time you take this know that you are fully covered by me loved by me let's take the juice together Father, as we leave today, God, I pray we, in our minds, we think the word holy, Lord God, set apart, consecrated, belong to you, God. I believe you want us to be so full and happy, God, but it comes not the way that we think it comes, Lord God, by getting what we want, Lord God, but it comes by belonging to you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, we consecrate our week to you, God. We take our Sunday today, and I pray, Lord God, we are dedicated to you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, God. Let it start off this week, Lord God. And for those who need to join on fasting, Lord God, I pray they join, Lord God, 
and take seriously these moments, Lord God, for God to move. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. If you guys need prayer, I'm always here to pray for you guys. Amen. Get to a group. Get into a group. Do a big table. God bless you. And just remember the words today. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God.